Hello, world, and welcome to another episode of Into the Blue Zone, a plant-based production. Today, we have special guest, professional acupuncturist, and Lucadia local, Mr. Kevin Kraft. Kevin, thank you so much for driving down the street. (laughs) It's so awesome to have a neighbor on the show. And I can't wait to hear all the wisdom and knowledge you can share with our guests and our audience. Cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Kevin, you have been running your own acupuncture practice um, in Encinitas, Mm -hmm. San Diego, California. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been doing that? In Encinitas, it's been um, coming up on two years. In, uh, In August, it'll be two years. So a little more than a year and a half. Um, you know, I graduated from school in 2014 and then I went off and did my own, uh, clinic right after that. But that was in Santa Cruz, California. And, um, so, uh, simultaneously as I was running my own clinic, I was also working at other clinics. So, um, so really I ran my own clinic for, I guess it's going on five years now. Uh, but only, yeah, about two years here in, in Sanitas, So Awesome. And then you got your Bachelor's of Arts from University of California, Santa Cruz? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And then went ahead and got your Master's and Doctorate at the Five Branches University, right. also here in California. Mm-hmm. That's and, all. Mm-hmm. And the Five Branches University is focused on Chinese medicine and traditional Chinese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have. Yeah, that's their their main curriculum is traditional Chinese medicine. They have a, a pre med program as well, but it's not the same pre med that you would do at a traditional um, medical school. It's easier, you know, like the chem and the physio in the um, physics and the you don't have to do you know matrix calculus like you would have to do if you're going to UCLA or something. But the emphasis is definitely on the traditional medicine and the philosophy of of chi and herbs and points and all that stuff so yeah i'm sure some of the watchers on instagram and then on youtube like myself aren't really too familiar with the abstract terminology related to self-care and chinese medicine so maybe we could just go through and define as if i'm your son who is a (laughs) one-year-old or how old is he yeah he's uh one year and 10 months. So, okay. Yeah. Going on too. So mm-hmm. let's just pretend I'm a two year old. Okay. Um, what is like acupuncture? How do needles relate with the nerve reaction? I, I saw on your website, you kind of said you think that needles with nerve damage is like a hundred percent the best, most efficient way. I could be misphrasing that a little bit. Oh, for nerve damage? Yeah. Um, well, so what the needles do from a, from a Chinese medicine perspective is they unblock qi. So, um, each of the acupuncture points are the places where the qi is most accessible and, uh, which is, amazing to me that they were able to figure figure this out but uh yeah so each of the points are where the chi you know there's different names for each point like um 
there's a Chinese name and then there's like a category for each one. So there's like the, the Jingwell points are usually at the extremities, um, like the last point that in, on the channel. And that's where they call it the well points because that's where the chi bubbles up like a, like a well from water well. And what's chi? Chi is, um, so that is probably the most difficult, um, concept that we wrestle with when it comes to explaining Chinese medicine to or to a Western practitioner because the Western science so far, at least in the West, because in the East, they have done some studies that have been able to quantify Qi, but here they haven't done, they haven't really done many studies to quantify Qi. Qi is like this mysterious form. A lot of times people will relate it to the force in Star Wars. It's kind of like this, um, I like to think of it as being like, like string theory, like how, how they talk about how you know, reality and matter all is vibrating in at different frequencies and num- the, the level or the hertz of the frequent of, of the vibration creates either dense or undense matter. So chi is kind of like that. Like when the chi is, is most a subtle in its most subtle form is kind of just moving through or the channels and you can't really touch it or see it, but you can manipulate it. You can feel it when you're doing Qigong practices or yoga practices. Um, and then as it coagulates, it, it, it becomes blood and then, the, then it becomes vessels and then it becomes muscles and skin. And so we're all made up of Qi and, uh, uh, Qi is so, yeah, but then some people feel like there was a mistranslation because in Qi, the most, basic definition that we're given is, is energy. Chi is energy. Mm-hmm. But, um, they, I've been told that that's, been, that's a mis, um, translation that chi is more likely, um, oxygen. They call it, you know, so it's more literal translation is oxygen. So, which is cool because it kind of rhymes a little bit more with Western medicine. Because when you have a lack of oxygen in an area, then that's going to be, and then the, if you use a point, um, to access the chi, and if you, if, if you're accessing oxygen, you're kind of bringing more blood to that area. So it's kind of works a little bit better with Western science. So that's kind of the quick and dirty version of what chi is. And then you said you have your own podcast too that you just started. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. It's interesting. It's fun and, you know, What's it called? It's called Craft Acupuncture Podcast. Awesome. And so far, it's just on my website. Um, I haven't figured out how to, maybe you can help me how to put it on mm-hmm. Apple. So it's actually yeah. a podcast. Because right, it can't really be a podcast if it's not on there. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I could help you out. <laughs> I just figured that out. And okay. it's like a big breakthrough. Now I'm on like all the, the big three. Like oh, cool. Spotify, Apple Casts, and Google Casts. Cool. Something like that. What was your... Um, your big breakthrough. Uh, did you have like a dream of some sort that you had a collapsed lung? Yeah. That and I think, yeah. I think you said, you know, you grew up skating and surfing. Yeah. Uh, and where'd you grow up and maybe go backward? how do we meet? Okay. Just so, kind of give yeah. everyone an intro. Like you're the, you're the neighbor. And <laughs> yeah, I was walking with my son down the street. Um, I did grow up surfing and skating. I was, I started, skateboarding and surfing in the same year um which was oof, gonna date myself now it was like 1985 i think tom kern um 
Oh, was that 85? Yeah. And uh, Tom Curran, who was like this uh, legendary surfer from California, was the first world champ from California, was just about to win his first world title. So during that year and street skating was becoming popular during that year. And um, yeah, I grew up in Orange County, L.A. County. Um, yeah, Long Beach, Huntington Beach. Um, went to high school in Lake Forest, El Toro. Mm-hmm. They used to call it El Toro, but now it's called Lake Forest. And right out of high school, I moved to Santa Cruz, and I was in Santa Cruz for most of my adult life. Met my wife in Santa Cruz, and went to school, undergrad, and postgrad there. And then um, we moved back to L.A. Um, just to experience L.A. We just wanted to kind of be part of the culture there, and just I also was a musician, still make music, but and there was more opportunities for business here so or in la but then covid hit so we're like okay let's move back to the beach let's, you know so we moved here and um yeah i was walking up the street with my son and i saw that there was a little powwow happening at at our, your neighbor's house and mm-hmm. you were giving a talk and i was like oh let's see what, what's going on and so i stopped by and met you and some other people and um yeah and uh yeah that's that's a, the rest is history as they yeah, say. now we see each other walking <laughs> and hopefully line up some some golf outings and mm-hmm. get in the water and surf and totally. gotta knock out the work here with the podcast first before we have the pleasure <laughs> right exactly yeah. okay and then after your uh, five branches uh master's program i think in 2016 you went ahead and studied in korea and china yeah, so that was part of the the master's program. So I studied. Okay. Yeah, I studied in China for. It was only I was only there for two and a half weeks in Korea as well, and I remember before going there, I was I saw I was like, okay, I want to go to China, and you know, I got to learn from like you know the source, and I want to go there for like a year. You know, <laughs> I was thinking that, and then the program was only for two two weeks. And I was like, that's not enough time. But when you get there and you're, you're working in a hospital for like all day, it's like two weeks is a lot. It's a lot. You know, I mean, people, um, yeah, we had to work at first. We had to work at the hospital during the day and then we work at different clinics during the day as well. So we we're like traveling all around and standing and seeing a lot of patients every day so it was it was a lot for even a lot crammed into two weeks and yeah that was really amazing to see how they practiced there because everything was really integrated there at least where i was in Hangzhou, which is um what they call westlake it's a um huge city that i never even knew existed in china i think there's like three million people live in the city it's like um yeah like the size of los angeles and uh yeah, it was really, it was really amazing to see how you can have a patient come in and, and they would, you know, they get a bed in, in the hospital and then they get an IV drip of herbs instead of whatever pharmaceutical, they would get pharmaceuticals too as well. But you can have a, a acupuncturist, um, attending patients because they, all the acupuncturists there are MDs. So in order to, become an acupuncturist, you have to go to medical school. And then once you get out of medical school, when you do your residency in your specialty, you can choose acupuncture to be your residency. So it's pretty cool how everything is really integrated there. Mm -hmm. 
Would you say the biggest takeaway from your month, month and a half in Korea and China was integrating the more holistic health? Yeah. Like you just mentioned, like a IV drip of herbs. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean. That's just, unheard of here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it was really cool the way they integrated everything. You know? And what, what type of herbs? Give a couple examples that might be suitable for this or that mm, well okay so well uh i don't know exactly what herbs are we using in china um there are certain herbs that we use for let's see i'm trying to think of the easiest way to explain this first of all a lot of the herbs that we use all of them that we use are, are chinese right so there's like uh a lot of names that I don't really even know the English name for them besides the really common ones like ginger and ginseng you know, and goji, um, berries, um, chrysanthemum flowers we use and, um, dongwe. I'm not sure what, what that is. What, what, I don't I mean, it's a flower, it's a plant. We use all the different parts of the plant, but I'm not sure what the English name is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, there's, hundreds and hundreds of herbs that we use so and it's all about you know balancing someone's someone's chi and looking at what the internal what their body is saying so we, we check their pulse pulse diagnosis is a big part of our medicine and then looking at the tongue the tongue shows different areas of uh, our different organ systems reflected in the tongue and your tongue could be dry, it could be red, it could be wet, it can have a white coat, it can have a yellow coat, it can be slightly purple, it can have distended sublingual veins. It can be scalloped like when it's a little bit puffy and each of those things in, or say something about what's happening inside. And so whatever the tongue is showing and the pulse is showing, there are like a set of herbs that go mm. f- with that. So, um yeah, it's really. Do you uh, ever like look at your tongue and you're like, oh shit, I need one of these herbs? <laughs> yeah, I haven't been like, oh shit, like, you know, but um, yet, but you're like, come here, son, let's see the tongue. You're like the master of the tongue. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, there. You know, mo- my practice is mostly musculoskeletal, so I do a lot mm-hmm. of like sports medicine stuff. Um, there's a full you know people that just have phds in, in herbs you know i have a, my my good friend shout out chad lanfear um he uh he's he studied herbs like he's just like a whiz when it comes to herbs he's mm-hmm. just like he'll, he'll feel your pulse and you'd be like oh yeah mm. oh yeah yeah uh, 1987 you had that contusion in your Wow. <laughs> he's just like the level of pulse diagnosis is pretty amazing like um so i'm not that you know that's not my specialty but i do um prescribe some like if it's there's some blatant things that i'm like okay you definitely need some chi tonification in this area so i'm gonna give you these herbs like you know song bai is something that we use a lot and that's um uh it's just green onion you know um Again, guajir, we use a lot with ginger. Um, uh, yeah, shengjong. So I came in about two, three months ago because we met. Oh, yeah. And then I remember you're like, you're like an anomaly. You're like the exception. Like, why are you even here? Because I came in, I just wanted to try it. Right. And 
I've never had acupuncture before. And it's kind of one of those things where I feel like I kind of want to know the person sticking a needle in, whether it's a millimeter or a half inch mm-hmm. into me. And we just kind of hit it off. And I was like, let's go try this. And you're like, what's hurting? Ah, nothing really. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> just observation and, you know, trying it out. And we ended up doing cupping mm-hmm. and, you know, my lower back, when I go to the chiropractor, he's like, oh, your, your lower back's like tight. I'm like, yeah, it is. And and I noticed after we did cupping, and I've never had cupping done to me before or acupuncture. So both were first. Thank you. Yeah. And the cupping was interesting because I noticed one side of the, I think it was my left back, my lower left back as opposed to my lower right back was bruised significantly longer. Mm. And that's where it's tight. And mm. elaborate on like cupping, I've seen it. Obviously, Michael Phelps might be the most notorious, right. uh, recognizable image in the in the Olympics, and beach volleyball players have mm-hmm. it on their shoulders. What's the reasoning for cupping, and, and what does it do? So, cupping is used to um, break scar tissue. So, if you had have adhesions in the fascia, it can help to kind of loosen and and loosen that scar tissue. And uh, a lot of times, if you're having scar tissue in that area, the blood flow to that area is going to be stagnated. So you're going to bruise more. So when you put the cups on an area that has uh, the blood flow isn't as smooth as it could be, then you're going to have a deeper bruise there. So what it's doing is bringing stagnant blood to the surface and allowing the blood to flow better which you know more blood brings more nutrients and more Mm -hmm. oxygen to the muscle or to whatever you need to have repaired and that's going to cause anti-inflammation and uh, it's also going to again help to break scar tissue um yeah it's it's an amazing modality that's used all over the world like you know china is famous for it but you know they use it and i i I run into so many patients that are like, oh, my grandmother used to do this to me when I was, you know, the, from Russia, from uh, Mexico, like places in Africa, like places in Europe, like, uh, you know, they use it all over. So it's a pretty amazing thing. But yeah, that's simple. Does anyone ever do it to you? Like, can you self-cup? You could Certain self-cup. Certain spots are probably hard to reach. Yeah, exactly. But you could. I mean, it's it's... How about acupuncture and the needles? Can you do it to yourself? You could easily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely, there's some spots that, are, of course, are difficult that I can't. Some things that I can't treat. But right before I was going to China, I was also going to go to Indo Indonesia and, and surf uh, for a couple weeks. And right before I left, like a week before I left, I I uh, tore my MCL, and yeah, that was. I was like great you know and so i probably not recommended for any orthopedic surgeons that are listening to this right now but i definitely just needled myself for every day you know before i left on my trip and that was the most self-acupuncture i'd ever i'd ever given to myself and it actually i was able to surf and walk and so far that's been yeah it's almost 10 years ago now it's still still working would you consider acupuncture preventative or is it more like after post-injury, like my chiropractor? And I'm, I keep result relating back to him just because I'm trying to explain to the listeners, like if you never had acupuncture before, should I get it kind of once a year or 
whenever I'm kind of feeling tight. Mm -hmm. Like my buddy Jay just strained his back yesterday. Oh, wow. You know, that happens, right? Yeah. Like you lift the bed or something and mm -hmm. it's like, ah, it just tightens up for four or five days. Mm -hmm. Is that something where you would get acupuncture right away or? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's like case by case, you know, like mm -hmm. somebody gets, you know, if, of course, if you have something that's like a compound fracture or something, yeah. you're not, don't go to the acupuncturist, you know, but yeah, if you have, um, what we do, we do orthopedic tests to see if, if um, your pain is neuropathic or if it's structural, if it's structural, you know, the acupuncture will help relieve some of the pain, but you're going to have to, those structures are going to have to be remedied before you have long-term like uh, lasting effects. So I definitely feel like for every stage of your recovery, acupuncture is good. It can help relieve pain. It can help, um, relieve um tension in the muscle like it can help um uh release trigger points um which is one of the west's western medicine's biggest you know claims for what acupuncture being being a a good modality is that it can help relieve these pressure points or these uh what they call trigger points um but yeah so but then after post operation if you're getting operated on it it should the shows uh, research has shown that acupuncture can lower your recovery time um, like in half. So it's really good for post-op. It's really good for your normal neck pain or your back strain like your mm -hmm. friend had. It's really good. You know, you yeah. can do like the the running cups and um, and the needles in in the area. It's really uh, there's a lot of different tools that we have in our in our in our toolbox for those things since you've gotten into the holistic health is that a good term holistic healing or should i be more specific and call it chinese medicine traditional yeah i don't know i, I struggle with that sometimes because if we're definitely if you say holistic health then some people think oh it's like homeopathic and it's not like that Voodoo. at all <laughs> yeah that's a pseudoscience <laughs> yeah there's like it's and and it's something that's like very um scientific like there's um you know there's a certain faction of acupuncturists that are like very rigorous when it comes to science like they're very you know you know especially the orthopedic side of acupuncturists they're like all into trial and error and and seeing what works and there is a more esoteric esoteric side of acupuncture which is just as powerful you know but it's probably more difficult to master because there's so many caveats you know it's like the time of year like the body type of the person like the age of the person i mean all these things we have to take into account but there are, are certain modalities or certain traditions where it's like oh you don't needle this point if it's in the spring or like you you don't needle this point on this date or on this time or, mm -hmm. you know, like, so, so yeah, I don't know. To answer your question, it, I guess, I guess holistic health, I, I think that that works. It's just, uh, I just wonder what kind of images that puts in people's minds when they think on the West that. coast, they're like, yeah, <laughs> like heal naturally on the East coast. They're like hippies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. the, the word holistic and, you know, I was raised quite healthy and, like a neti pot, you know, mm -hmm. with, um, I think it's a great way to breathe, um, 
better sinus infection and a neti pot is just a ceramic piece of bowl that you put warm water in with like some salt high quality himalayan salt mm-hmm. do it in the shower so when you're you know blowing your nose or whatever you're cleaning off and um i have a couple questions about like dry skin mm-hmm. like the back of my head's itchy and like does tea tree oil like i used to have really bad eczema mm-hmm. and like rashes and I think through my plant-based diet, it's mm-hmm. gotten way better. Yeah. And it takes a really long time for like a thick layer from washing dishes on my fingers to like get better. Mm-hmm. And it's taken like a decade because oh, wow. <laughs> it was so thick and so itchy. Right now I got the back of the head going. Oh, it's wow. a little itchy. And I think from like after a haircut, you know, the burning and I'm in the sun all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's hot and it wants to be hot. Like mm-hmm. bacteria likes to be hot and mm-hmm. sweaty. So I go in the sauna mm-hmm. at the gym and I'm like, ooh, probably mm-hmm. shouldn't be doing that. Like mm-hmm. cool it off a little more. Mm-hmm. Any natural remedy for itchy scalps? Well, it sounds like, so what, if you came into my clinic for this, I would look to see what channel that it's on. It sounds like it's on the UV channel. If it's in the back of your neck right mm-hmm. here. And that channel runs all the way down your spine and goes all the way down to your lower leg and to the tips of your toe and so I, yeah so whole body I, yeah your whole body and then the skin um which is the biggest um organ right that we have is uh ruled by the lungs in chinese medicine so i would ask you about you know if you're having any respiratory distress or have anything going on with your lungs and if you're like no i'm like do you have anything emotionally going on um any grief you know because that's the that's the um emotion that's connected with the lungs and the lungs rule the skin so yeah and then if you're like no then i'm like well it looks like it's reddish uh, check your pulse look at your tongue this looks like if it's a little red it looks like it's a little heat so heat can either be caused by a deficiency of yin or excess of yang and so uh, most of us are have a deficiency of yin so if, if you were yin deficient i would i would um then advise you on herbs that are, are yin enriching you know, Lay it on me. What do you got for herbs? As far as you yeah, know, it's like herbs? great secret. People pay good money for this. <laughs> so if you're watching on Instagram, well, yeah. So yin, yeah, yin deficient herbs. So well, things that supplements. Yeah. So there's simple things that you can do um, that aren't even herb related to to boost your yin, and that'd be like um, uh, coconut water is really mm-hmm. good. Yin enriching. Um, soups are really good not all soups but like um but uh things so the character for yin is like the shady side of the mountain if you're looking at the the character and then the character for yang is like the sunny side of the mountain so yin is of of blood and fluids yang is more energetic and heat and uh, movement um, so you can think of yin as being the more feminine side and, and yang more the masculine side. So you just think of things that are cozy and comforting cooling. and like, yeah, mm-hmm. like slowing down, cooling instead right. of like right. coffee, yeah. working out. Yeah. Being coffee in the sauna. is definitely not yin enriching for sure. Coffee High, is dehydrating. Yeah. And it's a diuretic as well. So it's going to, um, not be helpful for Do you drink yin. coffee. I don't, I don't, it's not because I'm against it or anything. It's good just that, <laughs> yeah. I didn't drink any today. I had tea. Oh, good. So it's a nice. here and there type thing. Cool. Uh, it's powerful. Yeah. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Yeah. Very powerful. Mm-hmm. And I just saw like this 10 second blurb 
let's kind of segue here into the, the coffee tangent <laughs> real quick. The guy's like, coffee doesn't give you, caffeine doesn't give you energy. It basically blocks your serotonin levels Ooh. and it just kind of fakes you out and it blocks you from being tired. Oh, interesting. So it's not like giving you energy. It's just okay messing with your serotonin. So And then is that why you like crash? Keeping, yeah, I think like, so. And like, I'll have like three or four cups like in a week, like one a day for three, four days. And then I go without it. And like, I get that headache. Mm. Like, Ooh, get off that <laughs> coffee <laughs> is really strong stuff. It is. It is. I, it has an adverse effect for me. I don't know. It makes mm. me, I, it tends to make me tired. I don't know. I, like drink coffee. Well, maybe it's because I'm drinking. I'm like, ah, oh, I need to, I need some coffee right now. And then I'm like, oh, this is not working. I'm like, want to go to sleep now. So. <laughs> It's not shutting off your no. It's not your tired it's, sleepiness. No. What do you think <laughs> has been the biggest breakthrough in your research through your patients? Because you mentioned on your website that your your growth has really come through your practice, mm -hmm. and I feel strongly like that with my lifestyle, my diet. You know, trial and error, doing different things. What are some examples uh, with patients and practices that you really have been like? Well, didn't know this, or I'm like really supportive of this, and this is like what I firmly have an opinion on. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good question, and um, I feel like uh, the most well. I think the reason why I put that on my website is because it's important to listen to your patients, and there's really no one that's there is no one that's lived in your body longer than you have, and probably can understand certain things I hear from people all the time. It's like, I went to the doctor and they said it was this, but I, I feel like it's not this. And I kept, he kept saying, Oh, it's this. And then, and then I, and then I got a second opinion and I was right, you know? So I feel like, um, there's a old saying, listen to your patient for 15 minutes. You'll get a diagnosis. Listen for 30 minutes. You'll get a treatment. So it's, it's really important to listen to your patient. So that, you know, we learn so much in the, in our textbooks and, um, and, and very seldom does something come into our clinic that looks like from the textbook. It's like everyone has so many different strange permutations of what the text says. So, um, listening to your patient is the biggest thing. Um, things that I've learned, I mean, it's like, it's countless, you know, it's like every day, just that, that everyone's different. It's like, um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is just to listen, be a good listener and re in and bring your knowledge of what you know and make sure you're taking into account what, what they know about themselves and give them the encouragement to like, and the safety to like speak to you, like, um, from their hearts and not be afraid to tell, tell you about all the weird things that might be happening to them. I must be a, getting to be better at listening. I'm getting a lot of weird <laughs> stories and things being thrown my way in my life from my friends. And, you know, that's a, a compliment, I guess, to my trustworthiness mm -hmm. and the podcast you'll learn. It's really, you know, the first couple episodes I was probably interrupting or interjecting too much. So, mm -hmm. and you just, you just get better <laughs> at listening, you yeah. know, it's, um, so yeah, listening is a huge skill. Um, and I think it's very important because then you could get more information, right? About what the person's situation is and mm -hmm. where they're coming from. And then you're like, 
able to dive into their body or mind or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, if you've been listening, we'll pause for a quick station identification. <laughs> this is Into the Blue Zone. Kevin, if you could just give a little peace sign or wave to the camera. We have Mr. Kevin Kraft of Kraft Acupuncture and professional acupuncturist, if I'm saying that right. And we're going to take a quick pause in the action because I have a surprise for you, Kevin. Surprise. Here you go, my man. This is the first batch of our plant-based sauces, and that is called Simone's Caesar. It is a no added oil, no added sugar, plant-based vegan Caesar dressing and dip. And should I open it? Oh yeah. That is yours. That is your take home. And I got some kale here. Now I'm going to warn you though, we're going to get right into our next topic. I did not wash this kale. Oh, so my next question (laughs) is to you, should I be washing food? See how I just went right into that. (laughs) I, I don't wash my fruit or my greens. Mm. And I was watching something about Gary Yurofsky and B12. So B12 is like this whole phenomenon. Right. So I don't want to give you unwashed kale without your approval. Um, well, thank you for letting me know it's not washed. I mean, yeah, there's so many things to know. And, and that's one of the things I'm not really knowing about. I have heard, I don't know, you can tell me if this is true or not. Um, but yeah, like, of course, B12 is a, is an essential vitamin, meaning that it's a vitamin that we need, but our body doesn't produce without. So we need to get it from external source, right? So, um, and right now, the only source of B12 are animal products. And I heard that the reason that that is so is because of how clean our produce is. And I don't know, you know, that's just, I haven't. Dove deep into that, but that's what I've heard. So. Well, dive deep into the dressing. <laughs> if you do, you like Caesar? I don't want to. Yeah. You don't have to force yeah, sure, get force feed the Caesar. It's uh, it's a cashew based, egg free, cheese free, dairy free dressing that me and mm-hmm. Chef John Swafford over at the Regal Seagull have started to produce. Wow. We sold out at uh, an event down for my friend Maisha at Maisha Braids AMG, and we were selling a peanut sauce and the Caesar. And this was on Sunday. So mm. cashew-based, a little nutritional yeast, some pickle juice, apple cider vinegar, Bragg's aminas, tamari, little salt and pepper, and some lemon. We're not going to tell everyone the exact recipe. That is what's in it, though. So well, I think it's amazing. I'm glad I finally started making it so I don't have to only have it once a year when I go visit my mom. Mm. Now I know yeah. how to make it. And yeah, growing well, up. <laughs> well, you were definitely... Not scared to give it to me on air, so you knew it was delicious. It's really good. Goodness, wow, it's good. I've had a couple mm-hmm. of good remarks. You know, I had uh, the Plant Power CEO and founder Jeffrey Harris try it. Mm-hmm. Not on air. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, he was, he was drinking it though. He was, oh wow, taking it by the spoonful. So Jeffrey, I, <laughs> I can't wait to get the Simone Caesar in your restaurants sometime in the near future. Have you ever been to Plant Power? Yes, I, I reluctantly say because I say, it, um, yeah, if my watch, if my wife is watching this, she probably will know that, yeah, it's kind of my guilty pleasure. Um, when I, you know, when I'm going to the clinic and I need something really quick, I'll, I'll go there. Like, yeah. So yeah, they know it's a they know good guilty pleasure. If that's where our guilty pleasures are going, 
we're doing something right. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah, I just yeah, it's great. I I go there. Yeah, at least once a week. Mm-hmm. And they have like a scan your rewards. Are you a part of the rewards program? No, I didn't oh, even no. know about I'm that. I'm gonna get you a free milkshake today on your go oh, drive down God. to the clinic. There's an app. Okay. It's super smart. So there's an app, Plant Power Fast Food app, and you just go and like scan it, and then you know you get points or whatever, and you get free entrees. Oh. Yeah, wow. I'm a gold member. How come no one's ever told I'm me a gold this member. Yeah. You know, it's like, huh. yeah, I get free food. Oh, they're, they're, the employees there are not doing very well at telling the people about this because I have no idea. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's funny. I actually coach volleyball, and a couple of my ex-players are employees there. Oh, really? I'm like, Izzy, come on, throw some fries in there. Oh. <laughs> never yeah. never hooks it up with extra fries. Oh, no. She's always really nice. Oh, see. Oh, she's looking out. <laughs> yeah, so... um Back to B12. B12, from what I'm learning, is like the one thing vegans. Um, are you vegan? I don't even. No, I'm not. I mean, primarily or um, mostly. Plant based. Mostly, yeah. I don't, you know, I I had a little bit of chicken today, and that was like the first time in like two months that I've had chicken. And I had fish last week, um, but I will go stretches of even years where i won't eat but i won't uh, any plant or uh, any animal product but uh, i'm definitely not wouldn't call myself a strict mm-hmm. vegan like if i go to someone's house and they're cooking fish i'll i'll have some fish sure. or, mm-hmm. do you think food is medicine yeah food is definitely medicine i strongly believe that mm-hmm. i would sure. think so yeah, yeah. and then you know fine-tuning it with the herbs the b12 to me seems like it's in the dirt Mm-hmm. And that's what like B12 is. It's just dirt. Mm. And in our food system, there's so many people. We're so GMO and pesticides, herbicides. We're spraying so much stuff mm-hmm. that it's not even clean stuff we're spraying. We're just taking away the B12, the natural B12 and adding mm-hmm. other chemicals. So then you have to rewash your food because mm-hmm. it's got all the pesticides, herbicides on it. Mm-hmm. So then you're taking those off because really those are just preservatives. So then, you know, when I'm getting food from the farmer's market or sprouts or whole foods or whatever, yeah, I don't wash my food. And even like, you know, it gets like, it's not like mold. It's just like just a little something. I'm like, oh, it's probably good for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of like, yeah. I'd rather do that than spray a bunch of soap on it. And you're now eating like soapy food. Yeah. 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 It's true. I mean, there's something to be said about being too clean, you know, like. Yeah. Like MRSA developed and, you know, really as a, a, a super bacteria because of the cleanliness, you know, of places, you know, like, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, again, I'm not an expert on those things, but you guys do your research, Google and people and PubMed. And, but, uh, if you heard of MRSA, MRSA is this really not nasty strain. Of um, it's um, a methicillin resistant staph, staphylococcus. Yeah, probably murdering that, but yeah, it's uh, so staph infections that were rampant in hospitals used to be able to be cleared up by penicillin or methicillin, but now there's a strain of MRSA where it's methicillin resistant and it's just really gnarly and virulent. So, and that could be, people argue that it's because of the, of the uh, 
cleanliness of the hospitals. Mm. You know, so that caused this strain of gnarly wow. bacteria. Gnarly, yeah. gnarly being a technical term. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is gnarly. <laughs> that Super. is not rad and gnarly. No, yeah. That, wow. I mean, I, I don't want to talk about COVID because I'm trying to move forward. And mm. it's been several episodes of just not even acknowledging it. Mm. And now that I'm going to the gym without a mask and we're talking about viruses being caused because of too much sanitizer and spray and stuff. It's, it's a weird world that, you know, the hospital spray it down, spray it down. And that makes sense. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cleaning products that are made with some really crazy chemicals that if you get it by your eye or ingest it, Mm -hmm. it's probably really detrimental, like way worse than the little dirt or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, worse our sign. We really, you know, they're, I don't, again, I haven't done the research on these, but I know that there's studies that show that kids that have allergies or, or a lot of kids that weren't playing in the dirt, like kids that play more outside tend to have less allergies. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, I haven't read, I've only read some abstracts. I haven't dive, dove deep into those studies. So but, what would you like to see progress in? Healthcare, it's pretty general. Let's get a little more specific in like treatment of patients in small time practices such as yourself, individual practices, or maybe bigger hospitals. What are some visions you have? Yeah, just integration, I think, would be really good. You know, I mean, you know, if you go to, you know, before my son was born, so before I poo-poo western medicine um just let people know before my son was born i was going to ucla and doing pre-med um that route is very rigorous you know the tcm route is rigorous as well but you know having a son and going to pre-med was was too much so i but i that's just to say that i really respect the western science and allopathic medicine it's like you know amazing what they've been able to accomplish through through allopathic medicine um, at the same time that the toolbox that allopathic medicine has um, I feel is limited you know their um, surgery um, drugs those are like the two biggest tools at their disposal so there's so many other things that can be used especially you know I, you know they're moving towards PT now which is which is awesome and chiropractic which is amazing as well and acupuncture as well. So all those things need to be integrated more into the whole allopathic um, uh, framework, I guess you would say so. And what do you mean by allopathic? Uh, Allopathic is just what is a, is a term for, for Western medicine. It's just allo meaning against empathic meaning uh, disease. So whenever you, that's the usual approach to anything that's um, Mm -hmm. Western medical is uh, against the disease. So they're, they're all into, or predominantly doing like anti-inflammation drugs or, or, um, um, the way that they would treat cancer is go and fight the cancer, right. Mm -hmm. Or the way that they would, um, treat inflammation is uh, right again to fight the inflammation um, or anything that's happening. They're treating the disease, right? Where um, osteopathic medicine is more 
treating the whole body. Osteopathic medicine is another part of Western medicine. It's that they do the same training that MDs do um, up to a certain point, but then they're, they definitely take into account the cranial sacral, sacral, sacral rhythms, which are these amazing patterns and rhythms that go within what we call the dura matter and your brain and your spinal cord. It's like your brain and your spinal cord kind of breathes and moves this fluid through and so uh, osteopath, osteopaths are have training on how to kind of regulate those systems as well. So they do a little bit more um, what you would call a holistic approach to Western medicine. But yeah, allopathic just means against disease. Like Scripps Hospital is pretty big time down mm-hmm. the street, right? Mm-hmm. Right next to Plant Power, of course. Yeah. Do they have like an acupuncturist in there? Not that I know of. So is that kind of what you might be talking about and integrating? Like, hey, Mm -hmm. we have acupuncture, chiropractor, here, 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 all in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's kind of what comes to my For sure. Yeah, that would be amazing if they had that. Um, Yeah. I mean, I know that some MDs do what they call dry needling, um, which can just be using a, a needle that doesn't inject anything into you and also it can be it can mean uh, using a needle to um, release trigger points so mds do that now but yeah it'd be great to have acupuncturists integrated in into hospitals that'd be great mm-hmm. yeah it's almost like you're you guys hey you guys go over there you start your own practice yeah and you have to like create affirmation in what you're doing and belief because mm-hmm. they're like hey they're not integrating Mm-hmm. you within the building and in the hallway and like oh we have this for this 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 mm-hmm. try all of them and i'm sure you'll feel better it's like no just you guys yeah. are on your own and like everyone kind of start your own practice yeah yeah i mean it'd be amazing if you were you know you, you have um some severe neck pain and then you get some imaging done and then you see that you have a a, a bulging disc or some type of subluxation and you're using acupuncture to help lower the inflammation instead of doing a, a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then you, if the acupuncture and let's say chiropractic helps or completely, then it's like, Oh, you don't need to do surgery, yeah. you know? And then, but it'd be great to have these things in place where you can be like, okay, surgery is the last resort, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, and then even after surgery, you can use acupuncture to for post post op to help lower inflammation and to help the tissue to re to uh, come back to its normal state as it could. And then in the cafeteria or the food they're feeding you is like oh, berries yeah. and yeah. anti cancerous, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. diabetes reversing kale, unwashed with all the B twelve <laughs> you could get. And now that's like a powerful um, combination of healthcare. Mm-hmm. You know, the food that we're feeding our sick is making them more sick. And, you know, the meatloaf and the jello in the hospitals hasn't changed. And that's really mind boggling. What's your thought on like two questions? What's your thought on the current paradigm and the food system in hospitals, especially with like people who are really sick? not from just old age or natural causes more from maybe something else that's induced. And then um, how much food studies have, did you do 
in your master and doctorate, as I know most um, medical programs are very, very little mm -hmm. hours in, in nutrition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had us read um, Healing with Whole Foods, and then uh, we were... I don't remember the exact number of hours that we had for nutrition, you know, but uh, it definitely was a big part of the medicine. So mm. our school is called Five Branches, and uh, that that's to illustrate that there's five different areas of medicine, you know, and and one of the branches is nutrition. So, um, you know, food being your medicine is a is a big part of our medicine. Um, yeah, and you know, my dad was just in the hospital for, uh, he had a, what we call a minor stroke, a TIA and, uh, and it's, it was a, a dry, a dry stroke, you know? So, um, yeah, if you have a, a stroke, it can be a wet or a dry stroke or dry. Either one is like a lack of blood in there in the, either in the brain, the heart, lungs, um, so if you have um, an embolism or something that's occluding the blood, then it's going to cause an infarct or like a death, you know, and that and that's going to you can have a stroke, right? And so lipids often are causes of of blockages in the vessels, and the lipids are are is fat, you know. So if you're eating like a high fat diet or you're eating a diet of um, um, of course not all fats are bad you need you know cholesterol in order to create cells or to have well-functioning cells you need good good cholesterol but um if you're eating like a bacon enriched burger like all the time you're getting these lipids just floating through your blood that, that can occlude your vessels and that was happening to my dad like he was eating a lot of fast food you know and and um i won't say that that was like the main cause of his stroke but he definitely could have benefited from having foods that weren't high in fat and while he was in the hospital they were feeding him like ham sandwiches with cheese and i was like yeah it's the, personally i feel like it was kind of short-sighted from a western medical perspective to like have a person in the hospital for this and not even think about diet as being part of the treatment so it was um yeah but they have so much, you know, not again, not to poo poo Western medicine. They, they have a lot of other things that they, they're trying to deal with. But yeah, they definitely need some help when it comes to the nutritional side of treating patients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially when you experience it firsthand. It yeah. gets pretty emotional and like aggravating. Mm -hmm. You're like, what the <laughs> F? Yeah, definitely. And like, like totally backwards. Mm -hmm. I did. I posted something on Facebook. I'm like, my dad, this is where they're serving my dad. And he, yeah. But, and there's a lot of people who don't have your knowledge and education that really have no idea. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the sad, sad part. They're kind of exploiting the uninformed, uneducated people who are sick, mm. who have no idea that Jello is like <laughs> the meatloaf, the hot dog, the ham sandwich. Mm -hmm. It's not real meat. Like the yeah. word real is really being thrown out there in all the marketing schemes and um, you know, something that comes to my mind is Chipotle and the plant-based chorizo. Like that is mm. highly processed mm. vegan 
chorizo. Now, I think in an animal cruelty standpoint, it's better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely a step in the right direction. It's not plant-based. Right. And you had something on your Instagram about an <laughs> apple juice. And I loved it. It was a, can you see what's wrong with this ad or marketing scheme? And I, I think I glanced at it and I, I, for, I couldn't figure it out to this morning because I didn't look very hard. Mm-hmm. Just that having that eye and that awareness of understanding like what you're being fed through the commercial filled world we're in is not accurate at all and they're able to spin words use real mm-hmm. you know this is real plant-based mm-hmm. and i'm like well i'm plant-based <laughs> yeah. well now i have to get more descriptive i'm like whole foods raw plant-based mm-hmm. that's what i'm really encouraging people to eat to eradicate man-made diseases mm-hmm. not entirely definitely a high percentage of them and I wanted to ask you, like when you were in Korea or China, the diets they ate, I read the China study by Colin mm-hmm. Campbell. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, did you kind of observe like they're eating a small portion of meat and a lot of rice and veggies or what was their diet like? And Yeah. They, you know, it was a lot of small dishes. Um, if you go to uh, like your your traditional Chinese restaurant. Well, which I mean, what do I really know? I was only there for a couple of weeks, but the Chinese restaurants that were there when I was there, um, yeah, there were small, small portions, a lot of different dishes. Um, not rice wasn't really a big part of, uh, you know, it was almost, um, someone explained it to me as uh, rice is almost frowned upon you know in a way like just not because of any nutritional value or it's just because it's like stuffing yourself with bread before you're eating the main course it's like Mm. um you should you know so yeah i would all i would often get you know eggplant dish and it would be a little you know vegetable dish here yeah a lot of vegetables a lot of um i mean they do eat a lot of pork there that's for sure like you know i would Oftentimes, I'd be like, I'm veggie. I was a vegetarian when I was there, and I was like, I was like, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't eat. I'm just want vegetables. I'm like, okay, it just has pork. And I'm like, no, no pork, please. I'm like, pork is a vegetable. I'm like, I'm sorry if I'm making a, a horrible accent, <laughs> Chinese accent, but yeah, it it was um, yeah. So pork was a big part of their diet, but um, yeah, I. Small, small dishes, mm-hmm. multiple little dishes, I guess, similar to tapas in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you into numerology at all? I wouldn't say I'm into it, but I'm or, aware. It's in my awareness. Yes. How about life path numbers? Um, or zodiac signs? Yeah. I mean, I, I know my sign. I know my Chinese astrology sign and I know my rising sign and stuff. Okay. I, um, it's interesting you say that because I, I, I feel like the number 44 has been a reoccurring theme in my life in the last couple of years. I don't know if you have any insight on what that might mean, but, uh, I'm not a numerologist or I haven't really do- dove deep into that. Isn't that like the master of all numbers? 44? Is it? I don't know. I think my friend was describing there's one through nine 
Mm. And then the master number classes are 11, 22, 33, and 44. Mm. Okay. I think. Okay. I definitely know she says 22 and 33. I think there's 44. Okay. So maybe it's like the ultimate master number. <laughs> yeah, that makes Well, sense. today I think people say, do you believe there are no coincidences and everything happens for a reason or things just happen? Yeah, I believe that everything happens for a reason. I really do. I feel like there's a divine intelligence that rules the universe and everything's kind of yeah, happening for a reason. I think it's interesting that today's date, 22 being like a master number and today being, I wrote on the back of a check endorsing it around the 22222. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that you're in here doing the podcast on the holistic health and probably more of that genre of person out of all the guests that I've had, you're here on that day. Hmm. Interesting. I think that's a coincidence or meant to be. I don't know. As Uh, I'm looking at the number 20 and 42 behind you. But yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think that is a coincidence. What it means, maybe we won't know until a later date, but... Yeah. Or we could just go to the Seven Eleven, play the lottery. <laughs> oh yeah, figure that out real quick. Yeah, I told my buddy, "Hey, I'm coming down. We're we're gonna play the lottery oh, really? today." <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I got, I'm off today because it's President's Weekend and oh, yeah. no beach volleyball because no one goes to school in California. Oh, yeah. You got Ski Week, President's Weekend, mm-hmm. very different schooling structure. Yeah, uh, yeah, Ski Week. It's oh. a little more laissez-faire. Like my kid doesn't <laughs> need to be in school. Like get outside. Yeah. Have less allergies. Ski week was definitely a, a beautiful thing that they did for us, for sure. Yeah. I just booked my trip two hours before you came here for my fourth annual ski trip to Colorado. Oh, wow. Uh, for my birthday oh, cool. in April. So I literally just booked it. So oh, cool. interesting. We're talking about skiing. Cool. Yeah, pretty excited. Nice. Where in Colorado are you going? Uh, Silverthorne is where the house is. So we'll go to. Breckenridge, kind of depending on weather and what mountain is open since Mm -hmm. that's towards the end of the season. Mm -hmm. And I actually broke my tibia and fibula Mm -hmm. when I was eight years old skiing. I also tore my ACL meniscus on my left leg and I'm left footed playing soccer. Uh, And I, you could hear that broke my left wrist playing football. So um, for me to just be able to perform at a high level athletically is uh, a blessing and you know, we're, we're super resilient. So if you take care of yourself, eat well, you know, which should be more of a focus for everyone. And I think COVID was an eye opener for that. Mm-hmm. Eat well, and then, you know, indulge in all these awesome people such as yourself who have dedicated to healing. It's amazing how, how healthy and how happy you could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last couple things here, and then I'll let you roll again. Thank you so much. It's super fun having you in the studio and on the show. Now that you have your almost two-year-old son, mm-hmm. have your experiences, because my brother has a one-year-old, you know, have your experiences changed how you want to kind of upbring him a little bit in health? And mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. I'm a little strict with when it comes to, you know, feeding and, you know, when when uh, my wife was pregnant with him, we were very diligent about you know having good water, drinking, um, making raw vegetable juice every day, and making just really good whole foods for her. So when he came out, he you know we just wanted him to have 
the best chance that he could have, you know, making sure that he was getting a lot of vitamins and, um, and just whole food. Basically that's, that's our, our thing. It's, it's just making sure he has whole food. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, and making sure that he gets outside and plays in the dirt and like tastes flowers and tastes leaves and my, which is my mom grew up on a farm in rural Arkansas and she was, she's like deathly afraid of having my son try, you know, like she's like, don't have him touch that dog or don't have him put that leaf in his mouth. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. He's like building up his, his antibodies and like, mm. you know, but, um, so yeah, it's definitely in, informed me. Um, but it's a work in progress, you know, we're all just learning as we go along, you know? So, mm-hmm. Okay, so because it's a podcast, we're going to do something totally opposite, and then I'm going to ask you one question. <laughs> okay. And because it's two twenty-two twenty-two, and my friend has been preaching about master numbers, let's have a little moment of silence. Okay. And we're going to dream big. Mm. All right, this is going to be whatever we want to manifest and think about. For those watching, let's just take like 10 seconds here, 20 seconds, and just kind of close our eyes and just whatever we want to imagine and come to fruition. You have a good image. <laughs> Were you able to? Yeah, I think so. Compartmentalize your thoughts and then quickly get into your dream, big aspirations. Mm -hmm. Good. I feel like the podcast is so fun. And as you'll see, I think over time, because you're generating a lot of positivity mm. and you're talking about positive things, you're not like a therapist or a psychiatrist dealing with people's problems mm. all the time. And, you know, we're acknowledging issues and trying to talk about solutions. And then hopefully we're out there living the solution, not just talking about it in here. And that's a huge part of my life being a coach and a leader. Like, you know, you got to lead by example and to be in the hall of fame in any sport, you got to do it for a long period of time. So, mm -hmm. uh, hopefully this podcast resonates for many, many years and we can look back on this episode and be like, man, did your dream come true? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's hope, hopefully so. Yeah. Uh, mine had nothing to do with the lottery. So <laughs> that's just cherry on top. Cool. Last question here. And it's a loaded one I've been asking all the guests. A key to life. It could be something simple. Whatever you think. I've <laughs> said some random things like waking up to the sun, making the bed. A lot of me is like starting the day. Each day is different. Starting the day right. I'm not going to share anyone else's answer because that will okay. give you too many ideas. A key, a key to life. So Your key. My key. The key. The, yeah. Um, the key to life. Well, I feel for me, it's, um, know thyself. Yeah. It's like, um, so every day to do something that gets you more in touch with yourself and your purpose on this planet. You know, I feel like every single person has come here for a reason and every single person has a piece of the infinite consciousness that is 
all creation. We all have a piece of that within us. And you can't, uh, well, you can, you can continue to look for it outside of yourself, but the greatest wealth and the greatest treasure that you have is just your own like consciousness and your own power to say I am and to manifest what you want from that and that power of creation and um, it's getting in touch with who you are, you know, I think is the key to my life. So that's what I try to do um, uh, every day. It's a good reminder. Are you asking me that question? Because, uh, yeah, it's like we can go days without thinking about that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. But usually I don't go days. Usually every day I do a mindfulness practice where I'm like tuning into who I am. Mm-hmm. And then that's well said. I I think over time and over experience, you start understanding who you are. It mm-hmm. takes a little bit to realize it. Some people, you know, get it earlier. Some people late bloomer mm-hmm. um, and then kind of like staying on track and that's who you are. Mm-hmm. That's the, the cards you're dealt. Yeah. <laughs> you can't swap your cards in this game. Mm-mm. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks so much. It's been amazing just chatting it up and sharing your knowledge and hopefully the whole adage was hopefully we impacted one person. We're kind of 10 times in that and hopefully we impacted 10 times, 10 people. Cool. And in addition to 10 people, we have, Simone Caesar and Sky's Thai peanut sauce right here. This is just the Simone Caesar. So I have like six left. If you want one, Kevin, that is yours. Hopefully you spread it all over something great or just use your finger or spoon. I think it's finger looking good. And um, yeah, I will see you in the neighborhood for a walk and hopefully we can tee it up and play some Encinitas Ranch. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Sky. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. All right. Cheers.